intrepid architects out there. If you believe design can change the world, then you've found your humans here on this show, Architecting. My name is Angela Mazzi, and I'm an architect and career coach who's figured out how to live my passion while claiming a successful architecture career and lifestyle. This show is about the architect as a person and will help you bypass the status quo traps in our profession while teaching you how to make an impact in your career. We need to stand in our power as architects and use our skills to make great places. If you're with me, let's get architecture. out there and happy Earth Day 2021. This year's theme is Restore Our Earth, which I made the immediate connection to the Hindu concept that we learn in yoga of ahimsa. And ahimsa is about having respect for all living things and avoiding violence, which to me is a perfect tie-in to why we care about sustainability and resilience and equity so much. I'm not an expert on sustainability, but it is a topic that is very close to my heart because I really believe that we need to be good stewards of our planet and conscious consumers. And while you might think sustainability is really about energy use or pollution, it goes much deeper than that. In the cash-based economy in which we all live, we're kind of all specialists, meaning we probably couldn't be dropped into some wilderness and live a self-sustaining lifestyle. Instead, we earn money producing things or providing services, and in turn, we use that money to buy the other things we need. That's everything from necessities like food and clothing and shelter to fun things like entertainment and travel. Whatever we could possibly wish to consume, if we have the money to buy it, it's out there. And that is what I wanted to focus on today, consumption. Being a conscious consumer means basic things like not taking more than you need. I still remember my grandma, who had lived through the Great Depression, scolding me about leaving the lights on. Ohio Edison has enough money! Close that light! It's kind of quaint she still thought about electricity as those old-fashioned push buttons and was less concerned about resources than about spending money she didn't need to spend, but you can still see that idea of don't be an over-consumer. Then there was my dad who was a young child during the Depression and grew up very poor, and he could never bring himself to throw anything away. He used things until they were utterly worn out before he'd buy their replacement, and even then, he'd save the old thing just in case. Uh, Lucky for him, he didn't really have any sense of style, so the fact that things would be outdated or obsolete didn't really bother him. You know, he would just keep using them and would use the phrase, it's still good. Now, think about that in terms of our consumer-driven society where things have planned obsolescence and they're not built to last. Something like a washing machine 50 years ago would be built to last 20 years. Now they're only built to last between six and eight years. And then you have to replace them. We're actually designing waste into the way we live our lives. That is really tragic. But waste isn't the only way that we can be conscious. 
overconsumption has a far more insidious byproduct in our consumer culture, and that is its impact on the very poor. They get exploited in order for us to have cheap and disposable goods. Slavery and other forms of forced labor, like mandated long hours in factories, are alive and kicking in remote corners of the globe. So are harvesting and manufacturing processes that are not safe. I was shocked to discover something as innocent-seeming as a cashew or a chocolate bar comes at great physical cost on the front end of the supply chain. Who knew cashew shells were caustic and that the nuts were harvested by hand by underpaid workers whose hands were burned in the effort? Ugh! So, well, yes, you can avoid buying cheap, disposable, throwaway goods and the obvious exploitation that you can see in the manufacture of them. You also need to do your homework to investigate the supply chain for pretty much anything you buy. Even if you think you're making a conscious choice by, say, investing in companies with sustainable practices who support fair trade, many of them are guilty of greenwashing or of not really having the safeguards on their supply chain. So while the company itself may be doing the right thing, most of its suppliers are doing some pretty hideous things. And it's this impact on people's well-being on those edges of the supply chain that nobody talks about. This Earth Day, I hope I can shed some awareness on this issue. The purpose of this is not to just make you feel guilty and make you think, oh my God, the only way to not have this on my conscience is to live off the grid and I can't really do that. No, no, no. I don't do roughing it, and I would not ever ask anyone else to do that either. Instead, I wanted to give you some guidelines to direct your consumerism in a more meaningful way. How to do quick research so that your consumerism acts as an intentional assistance to make the world a better place for all of us. My first tip is support a cascade of sustainable practices. So think of this as both bottom-up and top-down so that there's a supply network happening that's both resilient and sustainable. What does that mean? It means that the products we buy from stores or online often involve materials that are purchased from what are called first-tier suppliers. However, each of those suppliers also purchase either raw materials or components from lower-tier suppliers. Many of those suppliers are not held accountable for labor conditions or sustainable practices. On top of that, first-tier suppliers often become dependent on the corporations that they have contracts with, and they will do what it takes to meet a low price point demand or a large order, meaning that they'll basically force their workers to work long hours to fulfill an order by a certain deadline because they're afraid of losing the business or they have no control over the next supplier supplying them with raw materials who may be blatantly abusing both their employees and the environment. Look for companies that offer end-to-end -end supply chain resilience monitoring. Then you can kind of have a list of brands and companies that you can feel better about. Second tip is a kind of obvious one. Buy local and direct source as much as you can. A really easy example of this is a farmer market. 
or a food share co-op. Those kind of things lets you directly buy from the source so that you know that what you think is sustainable and healthy and resilient really is. But there's other ways you can do this too, like buying clothes made by a local designer who has taken the time to carefully source fabrics. That can help eliminate bad labor practices. So local direct source definitely takes a lot of the guesswork out of this. Third thing to think about, and this one goes under the use less bucket. Do like my grandparents did. Purchase higher quality items, take care of them, and then they will last longer, maybe even a lifetime. I have my great-grandparents' dining room table that they bought when they came here from Italy secondhand. This table is over a 100 years old, and it's in great shape because it was built to last. When you buy quality or you take care to salvage, not throw away old family furniture, you're actually making an investment in our planet. Number four, support organizations that provide microloans to emerging entrepreneurs in third world countries. Research has shown that when people are empowered economically, start the small businesses that will support themselves and their families so that they can get out of poverty. When you travel, try to take as few planes as possible to get to your destination and look at destinations like eco-resorts that support sustainable practices. Our families had quite a few amazing vacations over the years at the U.S. National Parks, and we just really enjoy the wonders of spectacular nature instead of doing things that use natural resources. On the flip side of that, avoid things like cruises, which produce a lot of waste, use a lot of fuel, and emit a lot of pollution. Avoid things like jet skiing and speedboating. When you do these activities, you can smell the gasoline being burned. And to what purpose? Most people who use them are just aimlessly crisscrossing the waves. Next, think about a circular economy where waste from one process becomes food for the next. That's called regenerative design, and it's a great way to eliminate waste and still produce the energy needed for various processes. Corollary to regenerative design is distributive where there are decentralized systems that promote open sourcing and peer-to-peer -peer exchanges. Think of the Internet of Things, material science, blockchains. Those kind of things are, by their very nature, more equitable. They provide more opportunities to more people without there being economic or geographic barriers. I think you can kind of see where I'm going here. By empowering people and focusing on equity, we actually also get the bonus side effect of sustainability. And if we want to restore our Earth, it's about far more than eliminating pollution and creating natural habitats. It's about building a world where everyone can thrive. So happy Earth Day, everyone. Stay inspired. Did you know you could ask me anything? That's right. Just send an email to Angela at architectingpodcast.com or 
leave a comment on our Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook pages with your questions. I look forward to making sure this site is supporting you and your architectural lifestyle. So I want to know what's up with you and where you'd like me to focus. I'll even read your question on the air if it's a good one. So definitely drop me a line or DM me or leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you. And you'll love hearing from me, so make sure you sign up for my weekly newsletter. It is the one thing you will look forward to seeing in your inbox. Take care.